Gates. Mystery. Monsters. Mayhem. This episode brought to you by uh... by Coors, <laughs> Coors Golden Banquet. Yeah, twelve fluid ounces of a golden amber hue. The best beer you can get this side of the rock from Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> it's a C word. Yeah. I meant Colorado, yeah. not Chicago. Uh, Barb Novak, she yeah. <laughs> she does not like to drink at Coors. Uh, Barb, she's she's more of a Schlitz girl, you know. Yeah. She likes a good Schlitz, maybe a Schroes. Definitely a Yingling. Well, you know what? Also, yeah. If you spell Schroes backwards, it spells shorts. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Literally, it's shorts. You know what's weird is that uh, this whole time we've been very quiet and lethargic, and yeah. as soon as this thing turns on, we, you are on, bud. You know why? It comes from years of working for a shitty mattress store. <laughs> yeah, as soon I, as the metal I, thing goes up. No, no. Yeah. You're on? No. Uh, some of you may know this. You're I like Bob Fosse? I, Showtime. Yeah. No, <laughs> I I was a salesman at a mattress store. Family owned and operated a mattress store for years. That's where I learned my salesman chops at conventions. Family of shitheads. Exactly. It was <laughs> awful. It was not a... I mean, it was family-owned, but it's just like working for uh, um, the 1%. They only care for themselves. Yeah. Um, but I remember every meeting we would have, like a sales meeting. Mm. And it was it was like, it was so stupid. It was like common sense. Like our boss would be like, all right, everybody, we got a big sale coming up this weekend. It's New Year's Day sale. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to get your A game on. And I kept thinking... Oh, oh, okay, my A game, right? Not my B game. What do you think I've been doing this whole time? Right, so I should do my A game to sell, right? Yeah. Yeah, because that makes total sense. That's not, that's stupid advice. It is. That's just like Bush League stuff. Yeah. Bush League. But, yeah, so you got to get, I got my A game going right now. Oh, okay. That's what I'm trying to say, because I haven't had any sleep at all. Yeah. But I am excited for this episode. Because I did a lot of research. I'm excited too because I didn't do any. And th- and that's got to be <laughs> pleasant. Well, you'll be doing all the editing. No, I mean in the sense of like, it's all a surprise to me. Yeah, I know. This is great. Yeah. Uh, this is And this is an episode that I, I did think... did tease it in the last one. Yeah. This is a mayhem, right? This is a mayhem episode. Yeah. But I will say this. It's a merry mayhem episode. Oh. Ho, 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 you son of a bitch. Now I have a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> This is our Christmas episode. Yes. This is our holiday Christmas episode. You know, I'm just going to kick in the intro. Hello, everybody. This is yeah. M3 with E5, Mystery Monsters and Mayhem. I'm your host, Epion5, and with me is Brian Aerosol Pro. I'm also here. Also sitting next to me is my cat, Tom Selleck. Yeah, we're in a satellite location this time. Yeah, we are at uh, my house. Similar in... to that time we shared that hotel room. <laughs> I know, yeah. Except this is a bit more comfortable, and Tom is sleeping next to us. Yeah. So he might wake up. We hope he does. Well, I mean, he'll wake up eventually, but he might wake up during the episode. If you hear meows, yeah, there's cats here. Yeah, and when he meows, he likes to go, hello? 
Nah, he's out. No, he's out. He's out. <laughs> so, uh, but this is a mayhem episode. It is a merry mayhem episode because it is our Christmas episode. And right off the bat, mm-hmm. you Christmas boy, do you like Christmas? Hate it. Me too. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it. But every time you say Christmas, I'm going to put a little like, like bells behind yes. you. Dude, yes. Dude. <laughs> I mean, as a kid, I liked Christmas and it wasn't because of the toys. Toys were nice, but I enjoyed like just hanging out with my mom or grandma yeah, and, and watching like It's a Wonderful Life only one time. I think I've only seen it one time. You know, so but nowadays I don't one know. of the best movies about suicide. I feel. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it's a feel good suicide movie. Yeah, which is weird to say. Yeah, yeah. I was a little shit healed during Christmas, man. My parents would they would buy the presents and then throw them under the tree, and they'd mm. be there for a whole month. Ah, yeah. And then on occasion, yeah, because I got antsy. Did you peek? Oh, I peek, brother. Yeah, nice. You just cut where the tape line is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me smart. About fold it. that thing open. Retape it. If your parents are drunk, they're never gonna know. They were. Yeah. See, <laughs> you were in the clear. My mom would like she put some presents out, but she mm. did the thing where it'd be like, "Oh, did you did you go to the laundry porch? Oh, because I think Santa stopped by." And then, like, there was extra Santa presents. knows about our laundry porch? Yeah. Which <laughs> you know, again, I lived in a house called the Sugar Shack, yeah. so the laundry porch was. Kind of just outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Santa wouldn't come into the house? No, son. Santa no. hates the sugar shack. He wasn't allowed in the house. Yeah, there's too many roaches in here. Cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, cockroaches both, and yeah, roaches. roaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's weed jokes for, <laughs> yes. you, for you old yeah. folks. We had that in the house yeah. as well. So, yeah, but Christmas. I mean, toys were cool. It was fun to yeah. get toys, right? I didn't get many toys. I I'm. I mean, would it surprise you to know that most of my lists were like, I need VHS tapes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised, but that's still, if it's something you generally like, it's, yeah. it's cool. You know, it's fun to get stuff that you are in, interested in. I, I mean, remember when I got my um, Nightmare on Elm Street box set. Yeah? Yeah. That was a joyful moment in your life? a very joyful yeah. moment in my life. Sorry. And the, the year I got Scream 2 on VHS. Nice. 1997. Great year. I'm I'm older than you. I saw Star Wars when I was three, and I remember seeing it. So I remember my four-year-old Christmas, I got a TIE Fighter, Mm. uh, Luke's Landspeeder. All those Kenner toys. Yeah, like first wave Kenner toys. TIE Fighter, Landspeeder. I also got Micronauts. That's another toy that a lot of kids don't remember. Yes. Micronauts are pretty fucking cool. Did you get? Did you? Did somebody get you the the piece of cardboard that said you were going to get a Star Wars toy? Later? No, no. <laughs> so, I, yeah, that was the year. That was the Christmas prior to that. Uh, so that, I did not. That's such a like, just like slutty cash grab on on Kenner and Lucas's. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It was actually pretty cool. I mean, it's cool considering, but it's also like yeah, we don't. We don't have it yet. Right, yeah. But this says you might get it. Well, it, I mean, and for those who are curious what we're talking about, uh, not to talk about Star Wars too much, but in, in 19... Since when? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Star Wars came out in 77 in May. Christmas is 77. Kids wanted the action figures, but Kenner was like, shit, we, we didn't... They didn't they, know how big it was. They be. didn't know how big it was, so yeah. they were not ready for the Christmas season, so they sent out an IOU yeah. that you ordered through a Sears catalog. Yeah. But the IOU guaranteed you the entire set of the figures, of everything that was available at yeah, the that time. Wave. The first wave. So you got all the figures... You got a, a stand to... I was about to say, you got a display thing. You got right? a display stand with a cardboard back. 
Uh, you also yeah. got like stickers, a little cool oh, booklet, okay. and you were uh, you were one of the first members of the Star Wars fan club. Wait, hold on. Wasn't the wasn't the cardboard back for the stand? Wasn't the is wasn't it the thing that was the IOU? Did yeah, you flip I it over? So. Yeah. And it was that was like yeah. Yeah, that so was it was display. actually as a kid, you think like, well, that's a fucking stupid present, but I mean, it is kind of dumb, but it's kind of it is kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I my my first my Star Wars toys came out. I got them a year after, so yeah. I didn't have to wait. I remember my mom reminded me every year though about that she had to take out a credit card mm. and she was paying off those Star Wars toys for years. Jesus Christ, because we were poor. Yeah, but you know, she wanted me to be happy, but. That's right. a, that is a good lead into what this episode is, this mayhem episode, because we are going to be talking about toys. It's a Christmas episode. Yeah. It's a Merry Mayhem episode, and we're going to be talking about toys, but... Not not so many Star Wars toys. No, not so many Star Wars toys, uh, but there is a theme to the toys that we're talking about in this episode. Yeah. And generally speaking, when you think of toys, you think of good times, fun times, but this episode... We're talking about death, baby. We're talking about death, mayhem, and murder. Yeah. This episode. Toy murder. Toy murder. This episode is called... Murder Toys. Do you want to die? Who wants to die? Trump And if you're curious, yeah, yeah. what is a murder toy? It's basically this. These are toys that I'm going to talk about. I did a little research here. Toys that had unintended consequences. I mean, today we would call them recalls. Yes. But that didn't that term didn't come about back then. They they did some recalls, yeah. but I don't think they called them recalls. I'm yeah. not sure yeah, what they right. called them back then. Um, there's been a lot of safety guidelines that have come about as a result of a lot of these yes. toys I'm going to talk about. Yeah. So the interesting thing about these murder toys that I'm that I'm talking about yeah. is I originally had a whole list that I wanted to go through. Like a lot of toys. And then in researching it, I, I kept finding more information about like specific toys and my script kept getting longer and yeah. longer and longer. Yeah, you were sending me updates of like I'm at five pages, yeah. I'm at eight pages. I I, <laughs> I have eight pages of a script. The the vacuum form episode that I did last month was only seven pages, and that episode yeah. was like it was a long one. It was a long one. Yeah. So I I'm only doing I think five toys in this episode. You haven't listen to that vacuum form episode though. That was really yeah, good. That's like fun. It was one of the best. Thank you. Yeah. I tried to do I tried to do yeah. my job. It was great. Tried to do my job where I don't get paid for. I edited Duel the shit fun. out of that episode. I know, you did a good job. <laughs> but uh, Murder Toys. Yeah. I think this is going to be an annual episode because there's just so many toys that have killed and maimed. Yeah. That every Christmas we're going to go over some toys that some people might know and some might not, you know? Yeah, it's a fun history mm-hmm. uh, lesson. So we're going to jump right in, actually. Okay. We're going. We're Actually, we're going to go in hard. We're going to go in hard with a very popular toy, a lot of info, and then we're going to get, go, we're going to get a little bit soft, you know? Yeah. And it's Unlike, gonna, you know, the vacuum form episode where I did the history of Halloween, you didn't you didn't task me with anything. No, I originally was going to have you do some research. So I'm just going to chime in with some shit yeah, when I can. you do. Yeah. I re- Sorry, I re- Sean. I was going yeah. <laughs> to have you do some research. and I, Originally, I wanted us to alternate. Yeah. But you're busy... 
I'm busy. It's the ho- you know Halloween. You already had a Thanksgiving. List. It you know yeah. We're poor. We have to hustle twenty four seven. You know what I'm saying? True. Twenty four seven, baby. All right. So we're going to begin with one of the most infamous toys of all time to have to have caused mm. massive amounts of melee injury and death. Yeah. <laughs> This particular toy goes by and has been marketed under a few different names, mm. and it's been made by different companies. It's not just one company that made this toy. Right. So it's kind of a common toy. Like checkers. Ma- yeah, made by different... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this toy has been called Javelin Darts. Ooh. Jarts. That, no, that sounds like what Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. wears. It's, I, I just think of like, I just jarted just in jorts. my pants. Oh, or that too. Yeah, I just jarted. Um, another one is Yard Darts. Now that sounds like yard, a pirate. Or that's like something Barb Novak oh, would be Barb, playing. She loves, playing yard darts. she loves Yard Darts. Playing Yard Darts and in she, the backyard. Did you know little Timmy? Yeah. Uh, Barb was telling me that Timmy jarted in his pants. <laughs> like just just a full on jart. Yeah. They had to Public change Public pool. Oh, yeah, it was a public pool. It's yeah, like the public pool. Yeah, they had to drain it because he jarted. Yeah. But <laughs> these yard darts, jarts or javelin darts, are most commonly referred to and remembered as... This isn't child's play, according to the Food and Drug Administration. The game is called Lawn Darts, and it is being exempted from a proposed ban by the FDA. The proposed regulations, perhaps to be finalized by the end of the week, would cause this game to be relabeled and sold only in sporting goods stores. Lawn, lawn darts. darts. Lawn darts. Lawn darts. Do you feel like you're like one of the borrowers when you're holding a lawn dart? Like they're so big, do you feel like a little tiny person? I feel like, uh, no, no. I feel like uh, opposite Andre the Giant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a tiny person. Yeah, yeah. Like... Andrew the Tiny. Yeah, I everything that I hold, I think about Andre the Giant. Yeah. Like, how, what would this look like in like Andre your, the Giant? Like your core's here? banquet. My core's banquet. Yeah, I kind of feel like Andre the Giant a little bit because yeah, the smaller. bottle is small. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I think if Andre the Giant were to hold a lawn dart, it would be the equivalent of a regular sized dart for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what are Lawn darts, you might ask, for anybody under 30, I guess. Yeah. Just uh, made the cut. I yep. just made the cut. You, you, you know. Uh, and that's because we'll get into the yeah. date. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so lawn darts, it's an outdoor game with an objective that is essentially the same as horseshoes or mm. the common dart games played in a bar. Uh, in you the ca- made me miss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never miss. <laughs> American Werewolf in London, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just go, just watch it. Um, if uh, in the case of lawn darts, however, you are using large, oversized darts meant to be thrown outside. Yeah, the darts themselves measured about twelve inches, with a sharp metal tip and three plastic fins. Each dart came, each dart set came with four darts and two targets. The idea with lawn darts was to have two teams. Facing each other. <laughs> God damn it. Even as I'm reading this, I'm like, what could go wrong? Yeah, as you're reading, you're like, oh, well, there's your problem. Yeah. So you have <laughs> two teams facing each other about 35 feet apart. Oh, yeah. Just an appropriate amount of distance to really yeah. not tell the distance. Yeah. Uh, with each team having a large plastic ring, the target, placed on the ground in front of them. Each team would then take turns... Tossing the lawn darts up into the air one at a time, 
towards their opponent's ring. Yeah. The objective was to try to get the lawn dart to land inside the ring for points. Ideally, adults would be playing this game, and these adults would be smart enough and responsible enough to pay attention. And a little bit drunk. And a little bit, oh yeah. <laughs> and I should point out, Lawn Darts came out in the 70s. So. Have you ever played Cornhole sober? It's awful. I've, I don't think I've ever played Cornhole, actually. Uh, you were not. I've watched people playing it. And you're from the Midwest. Well, to be fair, <laughs> I'm OG because I played lawn darts. Yeah, that is true. I wasn't drunk. I was a kid, though. I guess that's a good a good uh, example, though. Think about it as like cornhole, cornhole, but with a javelin. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit more lethal. Yeah. But ideally, adults were supposed to be playing this game, and they were supposed to be responsible enough to step aside of the ring that the dart was being thrown towards. Responsible adults? They can't even get a fucking COVID test. <sighs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no such thing. So, there's the thing that is weird about lawn darts. So, they came out in the 70s, early 70s. Yeah. But even as soon as they came out in the early 70s, lawn darts were already considered a potential hazard. Labeled by the FDA as, quote, a mechanical hazard, end yeah. quote. Which I think is funny because there's no really mechanics involved no. in it. It's just a fucking dart. Cool metal band there, yeah. though. Oh, mechanical hazard? <laughs> fucking love yeah. mechanical hazard, Ooh. man. TMTM. TM. Mechanical Mr. hazard. Mr. Hazard. Johnny Hazard. Oh. Your new podcast. Yeah. Call it mechanical, mechanical hazard. hazard. Also, that could be the name of your metal band. Yes. Which I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the Dave Mustaine of your band. Oh, no. It means I'm going to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kid. I love Dave Mustaine, but he is an asshole. Yeah. Um, but the lawn darts, even then, were prohi- even back then, they were prohibited from sale unless they met three requirements. Yeah. And I got to do this in the very voice because you've got to. Please. Uh, no- number one. The packaging had to contain a specific warning that advised of potential and serious injury and to keep the product out of the hands of children. Mm. Number two. Instructions needed to be included warning the owners not to throw or engage in the game if persons and or animals are within the field of play. I didn't even think of animals. Right, yeah. (laughs) Oh no. You got dogs running around in the yard and you just, yeah. And finally, number three, not to be sold in toy stores or toy departments. Okay, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, with that being said... So they're still around. You're saying they did, everybody adhered to these rules. In the 70s, yes, <laughs> they were still around. Yeah. Because lawn darts were only meant to be purchased by adults and for adults within sporting Fubu. departments. FUBU. Yes. For us, by us. Yeah. <laughs> so, despite being a potential hazard, they were still sold as long as they adhered to those three rules. Huh. Problem was, <laughs> this was the 1970s. Nobody gave a fuck about the rules. Yeah, everybody was on, like, on uh, biker meth. Yep. <laughs> and uh, parents were buying lawn darts for kids all over the place. And stores were even just selling it to kids. They didn't care. Nice. Like, who was watching them? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was like the birth of the latchkey kid era. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my grandmother back then bought lawn darts for us grandkids. And I was five. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. I think we got it for Christmas one year. Mm. It was like for all the grandkids, like, here's a set of lawn darts. Wow. You know? And like, as kids, we thought, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, you throw this dart up in the air. 
we weren't even and playing. You scramble the game. under yeah, it. Yeah, we weren't playing the game. No, we weren't the, trying to get it in the ring. We were just throwing it up in the air. The game is don't get stabbed. Don't die. <laughs> <laughs> considering lawn darts, considering how you play it, the big question is. This is a little research that I, mm. I learned that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. The big question is, how much damage could a lawn dart inflict oh, upon the human body? Jesus Christ. Well, the force of a lawn dart, when thrown up into the air and coming back down to the ground... Terminal velocity. Would you like to get... I, I know you're never going to guess, but I it, this the figure blew what, my like mind. The, speed? Pa- the pounds of pressure per oh, square inch. I couldn't even guess that. 23,000 pounds. Jesus Christ. 23,000 pounds of pressure per square inch, according to the CBC radio. Oh, my God. So I'm holding you accountable, CBC, but... Yeah, you fucks. I mean, think about it. This is a foot-long dart thrown 30 feet up in the air, coming down. Mm. All that is focused on that tiny point. Yeah. So, if that dart happens to come down on your head... It's going to go right through your skull. Yeah. And that is exactly what happened in April of 1987 when uh, a seven-year-old girl was struck in the head by a lawn dart that was thrown by friends of her brothers. Jesus Christ. The dart instantly penetrated her skull and pierced her brain, causing massive amounts of internal head trauma oh. leading to her death. Her father, lob- I mean, of course her father did this, lobbied to get darts banned, yeah. saying that there was simply no way kids could be prevented from getting their hands on the darts in question, which is true, because anybody who bought a set just kept them in the garage. It's yeah. not like you locked it away in a gun safe. Right. Uh... Well, <laughs> ideally. Yeah. And stores were selling, and this, were selling these to kids. Because I was about to say, you can, yeah, but guns aren't. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we still have those. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll okay. get to that. All right. So, on this, and when were you born? It was 87? Uh, yeah. Okay. April. April, April. 87. Okay. Yeah. On December 19th, 1988, thanks in part to the efforts of the grieving father, lawn darts were officially banned everywhere. Yeah. Out of stores. Can't sell them. Hmm. And which is kind of ironic because a kid dies and they ban lawn darts. Guns, though. Yeah. Nah, you want a gun? That's fine. Yeah. Just saying. Um, you think you got you got people like on the black market selling lawn darts, mm. filing off serial numbers? I, I, <laughs> I think it's actually easier to get a gun than it is to it get is. a lawn dart. It probably honestly. is. Yeah. Um, what I find really interesting regarding <laughs> lawn darts is yeah. the number of injuries when you compare two different countries who had equal access to lawn darts. In the United States, in the eight years prior to the ban, so this does this number doesn't include the kids who were hurt in the seventies. Yeah, this is just the eighties. Yeah, just from nineteen eighty 1980 to nineteen eighty-eight, in the U.S., six thousand one hundred people had to go to the emergency room as a result of a lawn dart injury. Jesus, with eighty-one percent of those being kids. Yeah, yeah. In Canada, however, the total number of injuries from lawn darts. 55. Wow. You're like, come on, America. You that fucking stupid. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And you know what? Canada, I love you. It's our our brothers and sisters to the north. They know how to play lawn darts, okay? Yeah, but we live dangerously, you know? And we have more fun. Do we? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I don't know. Canada gave us kids in the hall. 
That's true. They gave us uh, Strange Brew. Yeah. SCTV. Yeah. John Candy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we made them famous. Okay. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. But I will say this. Despite being banned, Lawn Darts have made a comeback. Oh. You can buy them in stores now, but they have been drastically redesigned. Neutered. do not have a metal tip. A lot of them have, like, a soft ball on the end. Well, sounds like it. Exactly. <laughs> sounds like someone cut their balls off. And the, when I was reading the article, people were like, man, these new lawn darts just ain't the same as old ones. Man, I throw them up in the air, and they just bounce right out of that ring. I want the old ones. Yeah, I want the old ones, too. And it's true. They are a collector item. Wouldn't it be great if, like, the new ones that just had the, the ball tip you could just pull off, and there was no chance under yeah. it? <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. So, yeah, lawn darts. Wow. That's uh, the first murder toy on the list, which actually did murder not one, but uh, I think I read up to three people died as huh. a result of being stabbed in the head. Wow. Those 6,000 others, it was like loss of an through eye, through your foot, through your hand, through your chest, through your shoulder. Oh, not even just the, like, kids are stupid and don't clean up after themselves. So it's probably just, like, shit in the yard. You step on a lawn dart. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah. It's like a landmine. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So you'd yeah. think you would have learned from Vietnam. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, technically, you, you think we would, but our government didn't learn anything because they was still. No. Um, yeah, that's yeah, right. they didn't learn. Shit. You know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go off on the government today. No, 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 no. Yeah. Listen, listen to bad dads if you want to hear yeah. about Vietnam. We're talking about toys today. Yeah. This and then, is Christmas, goddamn it. Yeah. So let's have fun. <laughs> let's talk about who died next. Okay. Um, so. And I should point out, I'm not making fun of the people who actually died. That is sad. It's just... The it, circumstances. The circumstances. And some of these toys that got made were just... How did this happen? The amount of hands that these had to go through. To, yes. And everybody had to be like, yeah, that sounds like a great well, idea. Well, this next one was one that surprised... I'd never heard of this next one. Ooh. This was a new one to me. Slinky. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a death trap. It is a death trap. <laughs> you trip on a slinky, man. It wraps around your feet. You yeah. can fall down and break your nose. You can fall down stairs endlessly. <laughs> Like In the Slinky. Infinite. Yeah. You are a human Slinky. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I, I'm going to you. I'm gonna see if you've heard of this one. Mm. This next murder toy, the Austin Magic Pistol. Well, let's get back. Then I'll pull back the bolt, and I'll blast my way out. You can fire a whole burst of caps or shoot one at a time. No. Yeah, I didn't, I'd never heard of this. The Austin Magic Pistol manufactured and offered to children in the 1940s by the Austin Manufacturing Company of you Port Austin, Michigan. Offered to children as if people are handing them out yeah. on the corner. I know. Hey, kid, you want a magic pistol? You want a gun? It's magic. Can't get a lawn dot. You want a gun? You want a magic pistol? Who loves magic? I'm going to look this thing up while you talk. I okay. want to see this thing. Yeah. Uh, the magic pistol was a futuristic-looking toy gun. I heard there were a lot of... Um, Magic bullets around Texas. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Ask Kennedy about that. Um, this pistol resembled a Buck Rogers-style ray gun. Ah, you shoot your eyes out. Yes, but its sole purpose as a toy was to shoot ping pong balls. Okay. Did you ever have a ping pong ball gun? No. I, I did. I mean, they had them as a kid. The ones that I had were plastic, and you could see through the plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and it just had a little spring. That I would... had one that shot little discs. discs. Yeah, there was the disc gun. Yeah. It's basically the same concept. Yeah. The ping pong ball gun just uses a spring to shoot the ping pong ball. Yeah. But it's, it's harmless fun. It really is harmless. The Austin Magic Pistol, though, was a little bit different. 
The advertisement for the gun described it as being, quote, harmless and thoroughly tested for safety by the Detroit Testing Laboratory. Oh, it looks really cool. Yeah, it does. It looks like a Buck Rogers pistol. That's super cool. We need to get one of these. It's very retro looking. Yeah. You know? Um, and to further entice young children into investing in the fun of owning a ping pong ball gun. Oh, God. The Austin Magic Pistol. <laughs> oh, God, I'm learning so much I right know. now. <laughs> Go for it. The Austin Magic Pistol was named so because it used something described as magic crystal. Yeah, yeah, and what were those crystals exactly? Well, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> The magic crystals were used to fire the ping pong balls out of the barrel of the toy gun. So, what could possibly go wrong with something as innocent as a ping pong ball gun? Well, for starters, this is this is where it gets fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll get to that picture. Brian just Brian just saw why this gun is dangerous. So what could possibly go wrong? Oh well, for starters, the magic crystals needed to fire the ping pong balls was actually a chemical compound called calcium carbide. Yeah. If you mix calcium carbide with water, it produces a highly flammable gas known as acetylene. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. Acetylene? Yeah. yeah. Children who owned the Austin Magic Pistol were supposed to take these magic crystals, which came in a can that came with the gun, and they were supposed to put some of these crystals into a compartment of the gun and then add water, or if you didn't have water... Just spit in the gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a chemical reaction would then occur within the chamber of the gun, and acetylene gas would be produced. When the child pulled the trigger of the gun, it would create a spark that would ignite the flammable gas within the chamber, causing a small explosion that would propel the ping pong ball out of the barrel. The problem was that the explosion of the gas within the chamber was so loud, it was equivalent to the sound of a forty-five. Yeah. And as you always point out, kids are stupid. Very. Yes. Profoundly. Yes. So, depending on how many magic crystals you put in the chamber would determine how much of a potential disaster you would literally have in your hands. Too many crystals, and you ended up with such an explosive force that it would propel the ping pong ball up to 100 feet with a flame that shot, shot out of the barrel that was sometimes up to 8 feet long. Yeah. And on top of that, you're rocketing a ping pong ball yes. at somebody too. Yes. Acetylene is what's used for welding. Yeah, yeah. That's uh Yeah, I read that and I was like, huh, so this is a toy. It is a handheld acetylene torch yep. that you could use to weld a car. Yeah. <laughs> it's for kids. Yes. It, hey, it was it was tested in the Detroit safety labs, man. Oh. That's what they said. So, well, if RoboCop approves, then it I must know. be good. So, in extreme cases, you know, so much flammable gas could build up in the chamber. Jesus Christ. If you put basically too many magic crystals in, you could literally, the gun could explode in your yes. hand. Yeah, because it's cheap. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's needless to say, the Austin Magic Pistol did not last very long and was shortly thereafter taken out of production. Yeah, it's cool as shit. And get, yeah, it is, it's it's collectible, but it's dangerous to collect it. And here's why: due to the nature of how the gun operates, combustion. Yeah, it is now considered and labeled in many parts of the world as an actual firearm. Yeah, and as a result of that classification, it's illegal to own. Well, not everywhere. I'm mm. sure in Texas it's legal. Yeah. 
But it uh, you have to if you're going to buy one, you actually have to check your local gun laws. That's crazy. So there are plenty of videos on YouTube of people firing the gun. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of cool to watch, but it's not for, scary. It's not for kids, really. It's something for adults. I found a print ad, mm-hmm. and literally in the print ad, it's like, "Hey, don't put your fucking hand in front of this thing." <laughs> <laughs> The print ad is really cool looking too. Yeah, I it's mean, awesome. I know what you're getting for Christmas yeah, thank this year, you. bud. I mean, I, lo- <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was already in the streets of Champagne. You're going to need there are so some many, sort of firearm. Yeah, there are so many gunshots in this town and murders. <laughs> I love the idea of you, like, you have to treat it like it's like an old timey musket, though. Oh, yeah, you have like to pour some crystal, spit yeah. in it like six times, yeah. and then pour some flint into the top of it and then, and then shoot a, a, a evil doer out there on mm-hmm. the streets with a ping pong ball with a ping, ping pong, pong ball yep. yeah probably just a bunch of marbles you just pour down in that thing oh like that'd be like buckshot then. yeah hell yeah, yeah. yeah. hell yeah <laughs> i would get on my street rep oh fuck yeah man people would they would not want to mess with me just a bunch of toothpicks so it could hurt oh. all those all those vampires you're fighting at night yeah, i fight vampires <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the Buffy of champagne. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or a white blade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what they cool. call you. They call you Epi on the white blade. The white blade. Mm, <laughs> love it. Moving right along. Moving right along. Murder toy number three. In the early... I'm just going to work up to I'm not even going to say what it is yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a teaser. Yeah. In the oh, early... Boy. Yeah, in the early 1900s. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Okay. We're going back. Yeah. We're going back in... T- gotta go... Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to go back in time. Early 1900s. Toy companies wanted to cash in on perpetuating gender stereotypes. Okay. And what better way to do that than to entice young girls into fulfilling the roles of a dutiful wife? Mm. That's right, little darling. Take those shoes off. Get in that kitchen and cook me a chicken pot pie. Okay. Mm. Where is this going? (laughs) That's right. I love me a chicken pot pie. I'm talking about the Easy Bake Oven. Easy bake, easy bake, fast as you can. Mix them up, mix them up, pour them in the pan. Slide them in, slide them in, let them bake now. Slide them in, slide them out, easy bake, wow! Only Kenner's Easy Bake Oven Set makes such delicious cakes, cookies, candy, brownies, pizza, pies, and biscuits. It bakes like magic with two ordinary light bulbs and has a special cooling chamber. Easy Bake by Kenner. Yeah, Easy Bake Oven. Early 1900s? Well, there's a little work up to the Easy Bake Oven that actually goes back to the late 1800s. Wow. There's a little history here. It's, it gets nuts. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's no, I shouldn't say what is the Easy Bake Oven. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a little kid-sized oven that could be used to make little baked goods. Yeah. It was, um, and it cooks with like a, a, a light bulb. Yep. Yep. It's... Ooh. It's the uh, the Arrested Development cornballer. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong, Walter. No. You're not wrong. The boy equivalent is the creepy crawlers, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, that's another murder toy, yeah. which we'll do on the next yeah. episode. Ooh. Or next year's episode, I should say. Yeah. Next Christmas. Now, I will say this. The Easy Bake Oven is not the first toy oven ever marketed towards girls. One of the first toy ovens ever made was done so in the late 1800s mm. by a company called the Empire Stove Company. And what they offered was an exact replica, albeit a little kid-sized version, sure. of the standard black metal cast iron stove. 
I can't say it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I I love it. Yeah, yeah. So they had a little standard black metal cast iron stove that was popular in the late 1800s. I'm talking about the classic metal stove you see in westerns or early, early films that are like wood wood stoves. Yeah, wood burning stoves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, this was basically. I have one of those in my house. Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this little metal oven came with six burners, a grate, a stovepipe, and a chamber for the coal and wood needed to heat the toy oven. What the fuck? Yeah. The problem with this oven was that it wasn't tailored for the safety of children in any way, shape, or form. Right. I don't think they even had safety laws in the late 1800s. No. 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 So it was literally... (laughs) Yeah. It was literally an exact working replica of a full-size stove. So when little girls would load it with coal and wood... (laughs) Yeah, I think that's very much like, Ma's out there in the field, so we're going to need you to cook dinner tonight. (laughs) It's fun to do work. Seven-year-old child. Yeah. Yeah. Get some coal. You got to go cut some wood. Uh, this... you're, ha- you're middle-aged. It's time yeah. to start working. You're seven Seven now. years old. <laughs> you're seven. <laughs> uh, when they would add coal or wood and heat it up to make their little pies or whatever, uh, it would reach temperatures up to 600 degrees. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And at that point, this I mean, this our modern ovens go to like 500 or something. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So at that point... 600 degrees for a tiny little stove oven in a wood shack. Uh, You're burning fingers, toes, hands, clothing, and the whole fucking house down. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Fast forward to the 1900s. (laughs) Yeah. Around 1950s. Late late 1950s. A man by the name of Norman Shapiro, a salesman for the Kenner Toy Company, noticed that Uh, street vendors... Kenner. Coming back. Kenner. This guy noticed that in New York... Uh, street vendors who sold pretzels were using oh, light bulbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Using light bulbs to heat the pretzels. So, inspired by this, I was idea, hoping this would be about hot dogs. Hot dogs. I mean, it's pretty much it's all it's all nah. hot dog water. Yeah, it's hot dog water. It's hot dog water. I just yeah. I just like talking about hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, like uh, my favorite thing in New York is is just the random hot dog water. Yeah, that's just that people have. And if you didn't know, I have a hot dog tattoo. I know. <laughs> Done by friend of the show. Yeah. Johnny B. Hazard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be in that new metal band, Mechanical Hazard. Mechanical Hazard, yeah. 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 New album coming soon. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this guy noticed uh, street vendors were using light bulbs to heat the food. So, inspired by this idea, he developed a new type of toy oven. An oven that would not operate on the usage of coal or wood, or or even gas for that matter, but rather two 100-watt incandescent light bulbs. And in 1963, the Easy Bake Oven was introduced to the world, and it was a huge success. Yeah. Like, it took off. Unlike the cast iron stoves that came before it, the usage of two incandescent light bulbs to heat and cook little pies and cakes would only reach a temperature of about 350 degrees. Oh, okay. Still enough to do some good damage. Right. It, it doesn't <laughs> ideally sound too bad compared to 600. Sure, sure. Well, yeah. No. In uh, 2007. Oh. Yeah, we're actually jumping up. I wow. mean, there were kids that were burning their hands. Oh, you know? most definitely. Yeah, but it wasn't really a, a, an issue. I don't think enough kids were dying. <laughs> That's how it works with companies. You have yeah, to yeah, have yeah. a significant amount of people to die. Can't make an egg without... Exactly. Wait, nope. 
So, um, in can't bake a cake without killing a few kids. It's true. Little cakes. Little cakes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, though. Those little cakes? Yeah. They're delicious. I bet. Yeah. Um, in 2007, federal laws regarding energy sources dictated that the 100-watt light bulbs used by the Easy Bake Oven were going to be phased out by 2012. Oh. So, Kenner had to had to do a redesign, and they had to do one fast. So, not only did they ditch the 100-watt light bulbs for a dedicated heat source, they also changed how a child would load food into the front of the oven. There was, like, before, I believe, the uh, the Easy Bake Oven was like an actual oven. Yeah. Like it had a door that opened in the front. Yeah. So, you really couldn't burn yourself unless you're an absolute moron, because there was a little bit of room to get that little hand in Or you right. left something in there too long. Right, and right. The, the yeah. little, yeah. The redesign, though, a little bit different. Not only did they ditch that 100-watt light light bulb, uh, what they created was a very narrow slot in the front of the oven, Mm. which a child was supposed to push the food in with a set of tongs. Okay. Let's talk about children. Profoundly stupid. Right. So, (laughs) instead, children would just stick their hands directly into the little slot. Yeah. And then their hands would get stuck. And they weren't able to pull the hand out. And their hand would be stuck inside a 350-degree chamber of charred flesh and bone. Sure. It was like a VCR for muffins. (laughs) 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 They weren't cooking little muffins, though. They were cooking little sausage fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Needless to say, the redesign was a disaster with over 200 injuries that included second and third degree burns. And one girl had to have her finger amputated as it was simply burned to the bone. It was a Johnny Tremaine machine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've made that joke before. Yeah, that's a deep cut. Yeah. Well, that was the problem is that they didn't cut the the Mm -hmm. fingers apart. Yeah, yeah. In the in the story, Johnny Tremaine, his hand gets fused together. It's pretty fucking. I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I wonder he could be a mechanical hazard as a drummer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Use that, yeah, that's fine. You just use that hand. He could strum. Yeah, could just strum. You could just tie, just like tape a pick to his to his yeah fuse stump. Yeah, he could strum. He'd be a bass player. He would definitely be. You could, I mean, you could hold a pick like this. Yeah, you know, yeah. visual medium for an aural. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, despite the burns, despite the finger loss, the Easy Bake Oven is still available today. Doesn't sound that easy. No. Well, they <laughs> they did redesign it again. Yeah. And I, I believe they have rectified the issues mm. of little kids getting their hands stuck inside the oven. The next murder toy. Yeah. Murder toy. This is one. Oh, man. I, I've known about this toy for so long. Oh, I love this toy. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love it. And I is think, is I this think your you, favorite one on the list? Um, It's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. The Austin Magic Pistol is actually That's up crazy. there now. Yeah. Once I saw the videos, I was like, oh, fuck. That yeah. is yeah. That is something I kind of want to get. Right. But this one, the next murder toy, is one that actually never killed or hurt anyone. Oh. At least as far as we know. Okay. It is possible that there could have been undocumented injuries or even eventual death. Ooh, like a precog, like in <laughs> Minority Report. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm including this particular toy is that its contents are so far out there and insanely dangerous that I don't... Well, I know this toy could never be made today. There's no way to possibly uh, redesign this toy. I think about this toy a lot ever since I heard of it. 
And I, I really honestly just try to imagine someone in a boardroom like going, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. The, yeah. kids, the kids are going to love it. The parents, they're going to love it. It's totally, this, this is a safe toy. Is, is this the one I think you're going to say? Uh, let me see. What do you think it is? The chemistry set? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the Gilbert U-238 Atomic Energy Laboratory Set. There's no sense in knowing something unless you understand it. The all-new, completely different Gilbert chemistry sets. With a volcano that erupts. A fire extinguisher you make yourself. Fires when you're making something. The chemistry of plastics. You make plastic. Mold plastic. Play with plastic. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. So, uh, when you think of toys, you usually conjure up images of dolls, action figures, stuffed animals. I had a chemistry set. Lego. As a kid. You had one. Yeah. I never had one. I always wanted one. Like microscope with slides. And yeah. Oh, okay. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that, yeah, yeah. I actually get into that different types, but uh, yeah, most people don't think of like science sets as a toy. Look at me. I'm a fucking nerd. I know. <laughs> Don't agree so quickly. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. What? No, you're totally cool. I went to space camp two times. You did go. I'm jealous of that. Yeah, but most people, as far as the toy kingdom is concerned, most people do not think about science projects. Yeah. Uh, and for years, uh, even today, you you can get science sets still. You can find them in the... This is kind of a weird sentence to say. You can find them in the educational section of your toy store. Yeah. Toy stores don't exist anymore. Well, <laughs> isn't I no? Thought, they do. Yeah, they I thought, do. Uh, I know we had them when I worked at Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, like Michaels, for example, yeah. you can get them yeah. at Michaels. And, and as far as like what these sets are, they're little science sets, and they could be anything from an electronics set to a geology set, robotics, and yeah. ke- and chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's um oh fuck, what is it? There's like a subscription service. That will send you boxes of like science. Oh, that's sets cool. To, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Where you can, like build robots and do electronics oh, and shit. That's awesome. Yeah. I always wanted one. I never got one. Yeah. But what makes the Gilbert Atomic Energy Lab different from all other science-based toys? I'm gonna guess it's the second word in the sentence there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong, Walter. <laughs> uh, what made it different from toys that came before and even after to this day? Yeah. Was that it included? actual radioactive material that children could play with. Yeah. And I am referring specifically to the element of uranium. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. Think about what I just said. Yeah. Uranium. So you might be asking yourself... How did I get here? (laughs) I was actually hoping you'd say that. Why would anybody put out such a toy? What reason... What was going through a person's mind when they decide to market a toy... Towards kids with radioactive material. Well, you have to go back in time a little bit. In the 1940s, the good old U.S. of A. decided to drop not one, but two nuclear bombs onto civilians during World War II. Don't forget about all those ones we dropped in the desert that mm-hmm. killed John Wayne. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and unlike today's current climate, science at that time was taking off in leaps and bounds. And people in the 50s actually believed and trusted in science yeah unlike today yeah well i trust in science but you know who we're talking about yeah yeah yeah. you know exactly who we're talking about a man by the name of alfred gilbert who actually 
Also the inventor of the classic Erector set. Oh, I had some of those yeah, as a Rector, kid. Erector. Hardly Daniel. newer. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going with Kilder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's murder toys. Uh, yeah. That's fine. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he invented the Erector set. I, I turned out he was actually also a magician, mm. which I just, I'm trying to, ma- maybe he's the reason this got made. Like, how can you deny a magician? Like, if you're in the boardroom, you're like, what all? <laughs> no. You know, people are like, wow. You, you think he was that kind of magician? Or you think he I was like an know. Aleister Crowley magician? Ooh. Yeah. Using dark magic to yeah, convince yeah, yeah. people. Shitting on people There was stuff. a lot of that shit going on there. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. But he believed, Gilbert believed that educational toys were a means of building, these are his words, quote, solid American character. Oh. End quote. And that specifically, he believed a toy set based on atomic energy could help children to better understand and appreciate everything that atomic energy had to offer. I mean, it's okay idea, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So what exactly was the Gilbert U-238 Atomic Energy Lab, and what did it include? Oh, this looks cool as shit. It does look cool, yeah. <laughs> it, it really, if you look up images of it, like, I, it's just like the Austin Magic Pistol. Yeah, see, that's the problem, man. The marketing is great. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, the lab, well, the lab set, when it was released in 1950, costed $49.50. Is there a fucking Tesla coil attached to this thing? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll get into the contents. I'll get into the okay. specific All contents, right. yeah. But it cost 50 bucks back then, which today would be $612. So it was extremely expensive. And the components of the set came in a very nicely organized box with lots of cool illustrations, which you're looking at the pictures right I'm now. I'm going to buy you one of these. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But I'm just get you some uranium yeah, thank your you. house. Get this. Here's what came... A literal housewarming present. Oh, yeah, totally. Get... Yeah. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Here's what came with the Gilbert Atomic Energy Set. A battery-powered Geiger counter to detect radiation. Geiger Geiger. Geiger Geiger. <laughs> An electroscope, which detects electric charges. Yeah. A spintheroscope. I may pronounce that wrong. I've never heard that one. You've, you've never sounded more confident yeah. in your life. Uh, <laughs> thank you. A spintheroscope, which is a device used for observing individual nuclear disintegrations. This is the one that looks really cool in the set, which you're probably looking at. The Wilson Cloud Chamber. That is a device that can detect particles so you can visually see the passing of ionized radiation. What? Exactly. This guy's awesome. Now, this is where it gets fucking more insane. (laughs) So, it also included... Four glass jars containing natural uranium-bearing ore samples as well as jars of some low-level radiation samples. Uh, my first thought is, oh, so it has low-level radiation samples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that make the uranium sample? Well, you got to know the threshold. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, and it also included various instruction manuals for projects. Uh, it had a comic book about how the atom was split, an educational comic book about Fun. how the atom was split. And <laughs> this also gets me going... Wait, that sounded wrong. Um, <laughs> this also gets me... I, okay, never mind. No, it gets you going. It gets me going. It had a book about the joys of prospecting for uranium. Cool. Yeah. Hey, kids, you want to prospect for uranium? Yeah. Here's how you do it. Now, Brian. Yeah. I'm not going to bore you with all the various projects and activities that one could do with the Gilbert Lab set, but I will tell you of one activity that kids could do for fun 
one of the manuals suggested that you take one of the low-level radiation sources and hide it somewhere in your house. Then give the Geiger counter to your friends. Oh, and a little hide and seek. Hide and seek with the radioactive ah. source. Let them use the Geiger counter to try and find the hidden radiation source. Just remember, kids, you got to put that radiation source back in its container when done. Yeah. I told Katrina about that earlier. Yeah. And she was like, what? <laughs> and, then, and then she started saying, you're getting, you're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. Oh, you're getting hot. Yeah. You got cancer. You got boils on yeah. your fingers. So this toy has been listed as one of the top 10 most dangerous toys of all time. A recent study concluded that the amount of radiation exposure was minimal Equivalent to only a day's worth of UV from the sun, so long as, that's yeah. that's the caveat, so long as you didn't remove the radiation sources from their containers. Oh. Again, we're talking about kids. Profoundly stupid. They like to put things in their mouth. Also true. Which is why I said earlier, we don't know if this toy ever injured or killed anybody yeah. that we know of, yeah. or that maybe it caused eventual death, like... It's quite possible somebody could have got highly, cancer highly down possible. the road. Yeah. So, in the end, mm -hmm. the Gilbert U-238 Atomic Energy Lab failed as a toy and only sold about 5,000 units and was pulled from the shelves in 1951. Remember, it came out in 1950. Right. It did not last long. Um, it didn't fail because people were scared of it or because it had uranium or anything of that matter. It failed partially because of its expensive price, Remember, it was essentially a $600 toy. Yeah. You know, that's... Nobody would pay for that. My mother wouldn't pay for that. No. No. She'd uh, let you get cancer elsewhere. Exactly. She would <laughs> Start just, smoking. She would just blow smoke in my face. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and, and the contents, uh, what they were made to be used for, was really geared towards adults who already had some kind of educational background in the field of atomic energy. Yeah, it was like a hobby. Yeah, kids aren't going to... Set. Yeah. Uh, so the interesting side note, um, Columbia University actually purchased five sets for their physics lab. Huh. So instead of kids buying these, you had universities. Yeah. Because these were actually, it was a really nice set. Yeah. And the experiments that you can do were college level experiments. Weird. I, uh, as you were talking, I also started reading up on uh, Alfred uh, Carlton hmm. Gilbert here. The magician? Yeah, and his later... Uh, well, not even later life. In the 30s, he moved to Connecticut with his wife and bred German shepherds. Oh, wow. On his, like, 600-acre estate called Paradise. <laughs> that he built with all of his erector set money. I really hope that somebody makes a movie about him. He used the property for uh, hunting okay. and it housed his big game trophies. Oh, my God. So he was a hunter as well. Uh, Look at this little fucking nerd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he remember he said, quote, solid American character. So yeah. I think he was a good old American boy. He loved America. Teddy Roosevelt kind of character. Oh, yeah. Died in 1961 at the age of 76. Hmm. For being a dude that just casually played you with, uh, you know, Magic uranium. and director sets. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah. 76. I don't know. Like, in my mind, I think he's kind of like Joe Bluth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but where did the uranium come from? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now, oh, this is good. I love this, what we're talking about next. This is the final one. This is the finale. Yeah. And now, 
Ryan. Now we come to the grand finale of this episode. A tale of arguably one of the most famous and elusive toys of all time. A murder toy that, like the Gilbert set, never actually killed, maimed, or murdered anybody, as it was never released to the public. It is a toy that many regard as the holy grail of all collectible toys. It is a toy that should not exist. Yet? Yet? I say yet, Brian. Yeah. For a very few lucky and fortunate collectors, this holy grail has been found in the wild. Slinky? And... No. <laughs> <laughs> I had a slinky as a kid. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I straightened it. Oh, did you? <laughs> No, You're one of those guys. No, that's an Egon. That's an Egon. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I drilled a hole in my head. Um, <laughs> yes, have some. That would um, have worked. Too. Thank you. <laughs> this toy found in the wild has fetched a price tag up to $236,000. That is Christ. Quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. For one toy. For a piece of fucking plastic. Exactly. I am talking about the rocket-firing Boba Fett action figure. Yeah, we have 3D printers now. You can just make that yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. Wow. It's That's nuts. insane. Yeah. That's that, crazy. That was actually, I think, that, that price tag that I listed, that, that quarter of a million, that was this year. They found Jesus one. Jesus Christ. And it sold. Wow. So, this one, there's a lot of info for this. Now, to understand the legend of this Holy Grail and how it fits into the pantheon of murder toys... We have to go back and briefly discuss the phenomenon of Star Wars. God damn it. I am sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's the best part, though. I, I actually don't talk about Star Wars too much. I talk about something else, which is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. There's education. Education. You're going to learn something. Kids, pens and pencils, get it out. You're going to learn something other than Star Wars. Yeah. If you're driving... Just use your knees. Yeah, you can exactly. you can write while you it's drive. It's how my mom drove. I do it all the time. She's rolling joints, <laughs> driving with her knees. George Lucas was riding high on the success of his 1973 film, American Graffiti, a film which depicts the one-night escapades of teens in the early 1960s. Hey, Wolfman Jack. Actually, you were talking in one of your episodes yeah. about how they don't really make films anymore that are one-night pictures. The, the One Crazy Night One Crazy Night, yeah. Love it. And that's what American Graffiti is. Yeah. It's a good film. It's man. a great film. It is awesome. Great soundtrack. Oh, my God. I have the soundtrack on vinyl. Yeah. Actually. It's great. Yeah. It, this is the film that, uh, well, I should say, the film depicts the one-night escapades of teens in the 60s, but it is the film that basically inspired the TV show Happy Days. Yeah. 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 So, for that film, American Graffiti, Lucas made a directorial fee of only $150,000. Which seems like a lot of money, but honestly, back then, it wasn't for him. Yeah, I I think that was part of the zoetrope. Oh, uh, with, oh, fuck. with Co Coppola? Coppola, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he was trying to build this, like, commune yeah. for creators. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The film was a huge success and grossed over $200 million. Yeah. Uh, the budget was extremely limited, so it was like, I think it... It was in the Guinness Book of World Records as one mm. of the most profitable films at that Yeah, I time. assume a lot of the budget went towards uh, music rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, after American Graffiti was released and also nominated for numerous Oscars, yeah. Lucas was considered a very hot commodity. 
When he approached 20th Century Fox about making a film called Star Wars, they secretly thought that that film would be an absolute disaster. But because of his graffiti success, 20th Century Fox offered to give him a directorial raise from 150000 to half a million. That mm. was a big pay, pay increase. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think it's like a 300% increase. Yeah. So, George Lucas, however, made a counteroffer. Instead of the raise, he wanted to essentially still be paid $150,000, you know, but he wanted to retain the rights to any future sequels as well as retaining all merchandising rights. Yeah. Without hesitation, 20th Century Fox jumped at that offer because in their mind, Star Wars was going to fail and there would be no sequels and no one would buy any merchandise for a failed film. I mean, it was also a gamble at that time. It was. Like, sci-fi movies didn't make money. Also, 20th Century Fox got burned. They apparently did a huge merchandising deal for Dr. Doolittle, I think, which came out in the 60s. Oh, yeah. And nobody bought any of that merchandise. Yeah, that was the end of the of the old Hollywood uh, musical system. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they jumped at that deal. It was, hands down, one of the worst business decisions that 20th Century Fox ever made for themselves. Because in the end, they lost billions of dollars. Yeah. That then went to George Lucas. And a little bit to Spielberg. And a little bit to Spielberg. Yeah, they were all friends. <laughs> So, with that being said, we don't need to discuss the success of Star Wars and the overwhelming popularity of his toys. We all know about that. Yeah. We all know about the shadow and the influences and how it just permeates through pop culture and business decisions as well. Everything that Marvel does now regarding merchandising, it's all because of what George Lucas did. Yeah. Because of that deal that he he threw out there and 20th Century Fox said, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Yep. But what we do need to discuss is the greatest Star Wars story oh. ever told. Oh, Sepulba. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like poetry. Uh, it rhymes. <laughs> on November 17th, 1978, the Star Wars Holiday Special aired on CBS. <laughs> and although it was an absolute shit show of a failure, really I will bad. argue... It was bad. I will argue that it is truly one of the most solid storylines compared to the prequels and the new trilogy oh, combined. Okay. Nah, dude. Yeah. Nah. It, it's a simple story. They just want to celebrate Life Day. You got B. Arthur, Art Carney. Uh-huh. You got Cybersex. The introduction of Cybersex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I know you're not wrong. It's a simple story. I, okay. But you can't hear, you can't understand what they're saying. They're all talking and... It's and... like Pootie Tang. You don't need... Okay. <laughs> Sarate. You got itchy. You got mm-hmm. lumpy. I don't remember yeah. what the mom... Sanyo, Sanyo Pity on a run okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cole Carrie me, Fisher. Co- oh, Cole, Cole me down on the panties. Cocaine was actually a, yeah. a co-author uh, of, of, the, <laughs> of the holiday special. <laughs> but regardless of what you think of the holiday special... Which only aired once because it was so bad. Yeah. One of the best segments featured in the holiday special was an animated short. Which is on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can just watch it on YouTube if you don't want to pay for Disney, which, yeah, I don't... Yeah. Just watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. The animated short featured the debut of a brand... I like to say debut. Yeah. Yeah. It featured the <laughs> debut of a brand new character to the Star Wars universe. And that character... Is Boba Fett. 
From Kenner's Star Wars collection comes the Stormtrooper, the Sand People, and all 20 action figures, including new Hammerhead, Snaggletooth, and more, each sold separately. And now, Boba Fett, Star Wars villain with his laser rifle. Boba Fett is not yet available in stores, but you can get him free with four proofs of purchase from any Star Wars action figures. Details on specially marked packs at participating stores. Offer ends May 31st. Star Wars action figures sold separately from Kenner. The introduction of Boba Fett as a new character was a really big deal as The Empire Strikes Back wouldn't come out till May of 1980. He was riding a dinosaur. Yeah, hell yeah, man. It's pretty like cool. Loch Ness monster yeah, dinosaur. Yeah, there's no cooler introduction to a character. And he had that, that gun that yeah. the Mandalorian uses in the live action series. Woo, 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 woo. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's the theme song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. That's pretty good. Thank you. I knew exactly what you were doing. Thank you. I tried. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's do an episode of just sounds one of these days. <laughs> Your R2-D2 scream. <laughs> you know? Yeah. My favorite is when you cut it off right before he starts to oh, scream. Yeah. I think I think my favorite sound that I'm gonna do now is just George Lucas going. It's like poetry. Uh, it, it rhymes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the word poetry. Have you? I mean, you've done Happy Days, but have you tried Happy Days with some bulb? Oh, some bulb in poetry. <laughs> Fucking George Lucas. So, in conjunction with the de debut. Of the new character and the hype building up to and around the upcoming second Star Wars film, in early 1979, Kenner started advertising a special mail-away promotion for, quote, Oh, yeah. A new evil villain. Yeah. End quote. <laughs> Sorry. The advertisements for the mail-away promotion were featured on the backside. It was Palpatine with the monkey eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Monkey Eyes Palpatine. I he was pretty too. cool. It was pretty creepy. Yeah, pretty and, uh, cool. that's the that's the unedited version of yeah. uh, Star Wars. It, it's old time stuff, that's a kids. Very deep cut. Old timey stuff. But uh, yeah, the advertisements for this male away figure were featured on the backside of the blister cards of Star Wars figures that you can buy in the store. The advertisement stated that in order to receive this new Boba Fett figure, all you had to do was purchase four Star Wars figures and mail away the proofs of purchase. Which I should explain. Uh, the proof of purchase. They'll still these... exist. Do They'll they? Still exist. Okay, yeah, like yeah, the little yeah. symbols you cut out. Because nowadays, if you want, it's like a the barcode. New... Yeah, yeah. Because you just they have build a figures now. I don't think that mail... is true. They don't really yeah, mail away for true. figures anymore. You build them, but it's kind of the same concept. You have to buy so many figures to get this extra one. Yeah. But you mail away for Boba Fett, and uh, you mail away... you mail in the proofs of purchase. We had to get the government involved in this. Yes, you had to get the mail. <laughs> Uh, and then six to eight weeks after mailing away for him, you would receive a small white unmarked box with the brand new Boba Fett figure. Six to eight weeks? Yeah, six That's to like eight weeks. That's like ordering something from you. I know. Actually, <laughs> I think I'm longer than that now. I, you are. Yeah, I'm longer. <laughs> if you ever order anything from me, you're, at least, you're looking at like four months now. Yeah. So Eight, eight to twelve. Eight, one year. Yeah. I'm just going to bump it up to a year now. Yeah. But what really enticed kids into wanting to acquire this new bounty hunting villain through the mail was that the advertisement stated, not available in stores. And to further entice young toy collectors, the advertisement also claimed and showed in a picture that the new Boba Fett figure had a spring-loaded rocket-firing jetpack with two missiles included. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. And considering that science fiction had promised us flying cars and personal jetpacks. God damn it. You're on this again? Yep. I'm old. <laughs> I, I get to say this. We were promised flying cars, 
We were promised jetpacks, and we never got them. I blame the Jetsons. Yeah, I know. That was a bunch of propaganda. Yeah. The uh, so the advertised the advertisement of the rocket firing Boba Fett really it it ticked off all the boxes of what kids wanted as far as a new action figure. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you've got it all up there in your dome piece. Sure. Uh, I thought you said dumb piece. Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. Um, we don't ever see him shoot the missile out of the jetpack until Mandalorian, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to run through Empire, but I didn't remember him shooting a missile. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Um, however, when kids received their rocket-firing Boba Fett in the mail six to eight weeks later, what they got was a standard Boba Fett figure with a red <clears throat> missile that was permanently attached within the jetpack. Although, upon closer inspection, it was obvious that the unmovable missile was clearly a separate piece of the figure. It was hmm. not a one mold. It, it was not a one piece mold. Yeah, they just glued it in there. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> also included in the white box was an apology letter from Kenner <laughs> explaining the change due to safety reasons. Sure. They were like, it's, it's, it's not poetry. It doesn't rhyme. So well. <laughs> I had to change the missile. It doesn't fire. We're sorry. What if they did send it to you in haiku form? <laughs> Their apology. <laughs> well, remember. Remember, there are only 55 Canadian injuries from lawn darts opposed to 6,000. Yeah. I don't think kids would understand what a haiku. In uh, America, yeah. I don't think they would understand that. No. They would be confused. The Canadian kids would be like, would oh, it's a haiku. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's like poetry. It's, it rhymes. It's like, it's just like poetry. <laughs> what is it? 575 uh, five or 757? Seven yeah, five yeah five thank five you. Five yeah. Seven five, yeah. I know a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too much. <laughs> so what happened? Why did we not get the promised rocket-firing Boba Fett action figure? The very concept of a toy that shoots small plastic projectiles was nothing new at that time. For years, some toys such as G.I. Joe, yeah. uh, Shogun Warriors, uh, even just re generic remote-controlled tanks and little remote-controlled military crafts of kinds, they all had rocket-firing capabilities through the usage of a small inner spring, unlike the Austin Magic Pistol, which used... Uh -huh. <laughs> calcium carbide yeah to a welding torch yeah exactly yeah. <clears throat> so yeah rocket fire it wasn't anything new or different it's not like it, they invented something it was a standard uh aspect of toys at that time the answer to that question lies within a knockoff of the mega hit star wars oh after star wars debuted in may of 1977 it became an overnight worldwide sensation the gobots of star wars <laughs> yeah Okay. Hey, man, I actually love GoBots. Yeah, I know you do. I'll tell you why I love GoBots. Because you could afford them? I could afford them. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. But also, GoBots were cool because you could just like put a little GoBot in your pocket. Uh -huh. You can take it anywhere. That GoBot go anywhere. It's a Go... The go Whereas trans Transformers multiple. are a little bigger, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I would, stocky. I would stocky take build. GoBots to elementary school. It's a husky me. robot. Uh, they were husky boys. <laughs> Yeah. Soundwave was a husky boy. Yeah. Yeah. He was very husky. <laughs> yeah. We going, we're going back there again? Yes. Oh, you, I you do, do the, the down. I yeah. do the up. I, yeah. Sandwich wiki. <laughs> Put, Jam it in my chest. No. 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 That's no, fine. But uh, after... Yeah. Damn it. Uh, people wanted to cash in on the sci-fi craze yeah. because of Star Wars. So there were a multitude of cheap knockoff movies and television shows. Yeah, fuckface Buck Rogers got back in the game. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> first season of Buck Rogers, awesome. With his gay robot friend. Yeah, oh, I loved him. Yeah, voiced by Mel Blanc originally. Yeah. Uh, the second season was awful. 
I'm not going to go off on the Buck Rogers tangent, though. Although Thank I did have the toys. Okay, he's already doing it. I did. <laughs> uh, but some memorable examples, other than Buck Rogers, yeah. include uh, Star Crash. Oh, yeah. Starring famed Hammer actress Carolyn Monroe and a young pre-cheeseburger-eating David Hasselhoff. <laughs> this is a mess. <laughs> this is a mess. <laughs> I I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Baywatch, but I've watched David Hasselhoff pretty, drunkenly eating okay, a cheeseburger. So here's the thing. He was eating cheeseburgers before that video. Sure, yeah. I think what you should have said was pre-floor burger. Uh, thank you. Pre-floor <laughs> pre burger, pre-drunk floor burger yeah. hotel. Yeah. Because he was in a hotel eating yeah. that cheeseburger. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Star Crash, David Hasselhoff. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's awful, but great. It's wonderful. Oh, wait. I think Christopher Plummer's in that, too. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. Fa- famous. He's like, a, yeah. That was a low point in his career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another knockoff uh, was Battle Beyond the Stars. Oh, yeah. That is, that's a personal favorite of mine. That's a Roger Corman-produced film, which actually had a really good cast. It had um, the dude... I think of him as like the proto pre Will Wheaton. Um, he was from the Waltons, played John Boy. Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name, but he's kind of like a early Will Wheaton. Yeah, with that shit on his face. Yeah, he had the <laughs> he had the Lemmy Mole. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was in that movie, but yeah. that movie also starred John Saxon. Oh yeah, the you, late great you, John you, Saxon. You cannot go wrong with John Saxon. No. Uh, Katrina and I. That watched... guy hassled me for being drunk in public once. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't argue against John no, Saxon. He was right. Yeah. He was right. I should take it easy. We, <laughs> Katrina and I watched a movie that we'd never heard of before um, called Blood Beach. Yeah. With John Saxon. Was that a was that a Corman joint as well? I don't know. It was really bad. Hmm. Like, even the film stock was really bad. It's like, <laughs> they, it's like they found, like, recycled film. Like, let's just film over this. And yeah. This and then they were also like, let's put sand on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is a beach, after all. It is. It's Blood Beach. Yeah. But also, you can't go wrong with Judd Saxon. But another fun aspect of Battle Beyond the Stars. God damn it, I can't believe I wrote this. The infamous titty ship. Oh, okay. The, the titty ship. Yeah. If you know, you know about the titty ship? No. Holy. Oh, man. But my brain can build it. You, it is <laughs> exactly what it sounds like. If you know about the titty ship, then you know what I'm talking about. The titty ship is literally... Yeah, I'm going like, to casually just Google titty ship Yeah, just here. look up Battle Beyond the Stars. <laughs> no, no, titty. no, no. No, titty no. ship? Not even put... Yeah, just titty it's ship. It's tits flying through space. Love it. It's Big a, fan. That's the titty ship. And interesting. <laughs> okay. Now talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, okay. We're going to see what Google says about the titty ship. No, I want to wait. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, these are just... Okay, that's interesting. It that's, might not be the greatest no, search term. No. Just Battle Beyond well, the Stars. Hold on. All right. I don't know what this is, but It's it, like their Millennium Falcon, but it's tits. This kind of just looks like a uh, nutsack. That's it. Okay. <laughs> that's the titty ship. Okay. Those are the tits right there. Because see this kind... It's like a hammerhead with the tit mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was the second... It was the second item. Yeah. And all I Googled was titty ship. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if you've, if you've never seen Battle Beyond the Stars. It's a fun watch. I think it's on. It's the on first. TV. Uh, was just a pirate ship with, with boobs tits. on the front. Yeah. The second one was the Battle Beyond the yeah. Stars. Yeah. 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 Battle Beyond the Stars is great. Man. Can't argue with results. Yeah. And <laughs> never would have had the titty ship if not for Star Wars. 
That's, yeah. So, no, you're right about that. Yeah. Well, no easy segue out of this one, huh? No. Okay. Well, yeah, it's fine. It worked. Yeah, the segue is that we're talking. Yeah. All right, hold on. I'm in the middle of looking at some other things here. Other two ships? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about okay. it. Talk amongst yeah. yourself. So... <laughs> One particular knockoff of Star Wars that was, I, I, I didn't realize this as at the time as a kid, but uh, this knockoff was subtly based on Mormon theology. Hold on, I have to interrupt you. Yeah. James Cameron is the one who built the titty ship. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, there's a young James Cameron working on the titty ship. Hell yeah. Okay, go on. Nice. Yeah. We're learning. Uh, yeah. Isn't this good? Yeah, People it feels learning. great. Yeah. We're learning about magic crystals. Oh my God. Titty ships. to be Mormons. Oh, yeah, Mormons, more science fiction Mormons. Um, yeah, but... Uh, Their magic underwear? Oh, God. We'll talk about the magic underwear when we get to Christians. Yeah, the, yeah, the cryptids. Just planting those seeds. Yeah. Just planting well, those seeds. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Wait, this... did you say that Christians are cryptids? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they are. It kind of. Yeah. Bigfoot's far more realistic than a Christian. That's true. There's my... proof of Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> And that's our holiday <laughs> episode. That's fine. The kids, uh, the kids will love it. Yeah, they don't believe in God anymore. No, no they don't. They believe in TikTok. Yeah. Um, but one. So this particular and eating ass. <laughs> <laughs> and now, hopefully, they'll believe in the titty ship. All hail, all hail yeah. the titty ship. All hail the titty ship. Um, so this particular knockoff, based on Mormon theology. This is the one that adversely affected the rocket-firing Boba Fett. And that science fiction series is Battlestar Galactica. I was about to say. Yeah. We're talking the original Battlestar yeah. Galactica, not the one from the 2000s. Yeah. So, the uh, Battlestar Galactica premiered on television September 17th, 1978 on ABC. It was... This blew my mind. I didn't realize this as a kid. The pilot episode, yeah. normal pilot episodes are like a half hour long. This was pilot episode length. was feature length, 148 minutes long. Yeah. It achieved astounding well, ratings. They they turned it into like a feature film for overseas as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Same um, with Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, my memory could serve me wrong. I think originally they intended it to be a series of television films, mm. but they decided... Uh, to morph it into a weekly series because like that's, that's what happened yeah so they had the the really big feature length pilot and it, it was very popular I mean yeah. it was a huge hit and then they turned it into a weekly series that uh, lasted I think for 24 episodes and while that might not seem like much only 24 episodes considering that nearly all science fiction shows on TV at that time were nothing more than low-budget Saturday morning throwaway shows meant for little kids. Hell yeah, Thunderbirds. Oh, man. There were some, <laughs> there were some bad Saturday morning science fiction shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't even remember the names of them, but it was like, it was awful stuff. I, Ernest Borgnine was in one of them, I think. Airwolf. And, uh, I did watch Airwolf, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Airwolf wasn't too bad. And that was like a rip-off of Blue Thunder. I like to masturbate. <laughs> no, no, that's my Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, that's pretty. Good. <laughs> Thank you. My burn, my Ernest Borgnine is just slap. Oh from, yes, uh, the devil's raid. The devil's raid. Hey snake, you can't go out there. The devil's raid. Oh yeah. Oh nice. Yeah. I forget. I forget he's in Escape <laughs> from New York. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, but what made Battlestar Galactica different from the kids' shows was that it was a primetime show on a major network. With a million dollar budget, that's a wow. huge deal. Actually, I think the budget for the pilot was eight million. Jesus, it's huge for 1978. 
So what made Galactica stand out to so many other knockoffs was the fact that the special effects were being done and produced by the same guys who worked on Star Wars. Yeah. Particularly, uh, particularly John Dykstra. He's the guy who invented the Dykstra cam, yeah. which is why we have all the cool spaceships flying through space. It's because of him. It's motion controls, right? Motion control camera. Yeah. Uh, I do know, just a side tangent note, George Lucas was not happy that, yeah, that, not. that guys were working on Battlestar Galactica, but they did so because they didn't know what was going to happen with Star Wars. Well, I mean, also ILM was bankrolled by George Lucas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they didn't know yeah. if they, what was going to happen with Empire or they didn't know there was going to be a return of the Jedi. They were just looking for work. Right. You know, uh, I actually saw a pretty cool photograph. I, th- I think it might've been a John Dykstra working in a, a little model shop and there's Star Wars models and Battlestar Galactica models because oh, cool. they were building them. You know? yeah. Since Galactica was a rating hit and I should say it really did look cool for a television show. I mean, yeah, I never watched any of the old, it's, old series. It was all, I mean, there's no CGI, so it's all models, yeah. just like Star Wars, you know? Yeah, practical um, and, costumes. You know, like I said, it was done by the effects guys. It was filmed in the same kind of uh, aesthetic and same vein. So it, it had a very, although it was a knockoff, very similar look to Star Wars. Huh. And, and that's why, partially why it was such a ratings hit. So as a result, toy company Mattel snatched up the licensing rights to produce a line of toys that they hoped would rival the Star Wars line being produced by Kenner. The Galactica toys were extremely, they were very popular. I had a lot of them as a kid. Hmm. Um, and they even sold well after the series was canceled in 79. They were still, I mean, I, I can't remember how long I had Galactica toys for a while. I mean, Cylons never go out of style. Yes. No. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, just to give an example, um, some of the toys that were produced by Mattel included a line of three and three quarter inch action figures. Uh, my personal favorite of those being the... Cin- okay, here we go. Nerd rant on my part. I'm sorry. Oh, I feel like that's all this is. I know. So <laughs> I got to get it out of my chest. My, my personal favorite were the Centurion Warriors. Okay. Those are the chrome-plated robots. Yeah. The- I'm just going to say this. People refer to those guys as the Cylons. Yeah. Technically, okay, actually, Jesus fucking I'm Christ. sorry, actually, if you watch the original Battlestar Galactica, yeah. the, they referenced that the Cylons were actually a race of lizard aliens who created the robotic Centurion Warriors. Oh, Hillary Clinton. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, oh, okay. It's the equivalent of people calling Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein. But... Here's my... Here's a go. Frankenstein made him in his own image. Yes. Like a god. Well, yes. <laughs> but the Cylons are, or the Cylons did not make the Centurion Wars no, in their no. image. I'm saying, you can call the monster Frankenstein. Yeah, it's fine, yeah. They're there, related. There actually is a, a, a figure that was produced, a, a Galactica figure of the Imperious Leader, who is a lizard creature. Mm. And I theorize, they don't say it on the card, but that is the actual Cylon, my friend. Okay. Whatever. Call the Chrome guys cin- Cylons, oh but God. technically they're Centurion Warriors. I'm getting bored. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to get it off my chest. But another line of toys that Mattel produced and included was a line of rocket-firing Galactica vehicles. So just like the Star Wars toy line that featured you know, versions of the X-Wing and TIE Fighter, the Battlestar Galactica line featured toys of the, of the show's spaceships, more specifically the Cylon Raider, that was a UFO-shaped spaceship piloted by the Centurion Warriors. Yeah, and yeah. the Colonial Viper. That's the good guy ship that looked like an X-Wing fighter, but with stubby wings. Okay. 
Yeah, it also looked like a dick. Sure. It was a flying dick. Remember when we were talking about titty ships? Yeah. Titty ships and the dick ships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a good it's time. all dicks and titties. I remember those times. Oh, man. Toys. <clears throat> when do people die in this story? <laughs> I get to it eventually. It's a, it, it, there's a big workup. I know. This is my rant. This, okay. whole, this whole show is my rant. No, you know you're right. This, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have uh, to have an outlet for this. I do. Yeah, because I don't know who's going to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so what separates the Galactica line, the toy ships, from the Star Wars ships is that the Galactica versions were not to scale with the three and three quarter inch figures, meaning that the figures would not fit in the ships. Yeah. But each Galactica vehicle came with a very small to scale figure of the pilot that could fit inside the little cockpit. That's weird. Yeah. And each ship had spring-loaded missiles meant to emulate lasers that could shoot out at the push of a button. Cool. Again, nothing new. We discussed this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't long at all when tragedy struck on Christmas, December 25th, 1978, just a few months after the toys were made available Mm. to the public. A four-year-old... A four-four? I didn't say that right. A four... Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. You're doing great. Fuck. Go a, on. A four-year-old boy. A four-year-old. <laughs> a four-year-old boy. <laughs> God, I'm laughing because this is actually the tragedy. Yeah. A four-year-old boy. <laughs> Stop. Out. You get it. The kid's four. This kid. This He's kid's four. Four. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I know. Oh Jesus! Why can't I say that? It doesn't matter. We know how old he is. Fuck! I don't. <laughs> He's four. I yeah. just can't say it as a sentence. A boy who was four from Atlanta. Ironically, using Yoda speech to get through this. <laughs> no, yeah. Was playing with the Cylon Raider ship. When the oh. small plastic missile discharged and went straight into his mouth. Oh, it's hard to segue from all the laughter to I all know. the sadness. I know. <coughs> the, the, the plastic projectile bounced off of the top palate of his mouth and went down his throat. Yeah. Where it got lodged in his larynx. Nope. The, Try it again. Lar- larynx. <laughs> Nailed. Larynx? Larynx. Larynx. <laughs> Lorax. Lorax. Got lodged in his Lorax. Uh, Oh, and by the way, this info, I actually found the the actual newspaper. Oh. Yeah, I was able to find it. It was kind of weird to read. Cylon, strike again. Cylon, (laughs) strike again. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's stuck in his throat. The boy choked and struggled to breathe for about uh, four and a half minutes. Then he lost consciousness. Yeah. He was then obviously rushed to the hospital. And upon arrival, was found to have suffered from full cardiopulmonary arrest. Uh, the missile was removed. They removed it from his throat. And although the boy did regain the ability to breathe on his own, he sadly passed away just a few days later on New Year's Eve. Wow. Yeah. And uh, obviously, the grieving parents immediately sued Mattel. Yeah. And on January 11th, Mattel instituted a recall program. And it was like a national campaign. They actually advertised it saying, parents, Mm. if you have this ship, this is what you need to do. But here's kind of the weird thing. Instead of recalling the entire toy vehicle, they only ask that you send the red missiles back. Oh. And in exchange for doing so, you were then sent something in return. Oh. 
That's something being a Hot Wheels car. What? I. Yeah. What? A Hot Wheels car, <laughs> and the reason being, quote, for the loss in play value, end quote. Oh. I I don't know hmm. why. I mean. That's weird. Sometimes I think toy companies have their finger on the pulse of what kids want, and then sometimes I think they're morons. Because, yeah. Yeah, this is the chef special equivalent of uh, of a toy. Like, we had all these extra <laughs> Hot Wheels cars <laughs> laying around. Just give them a Hot Wheel car. Yeah, just give them a Hot That's Wheel fun. car. Yeah. So, and then, in addition, Mattel immediately did a redesign of the ships in question, making them so that the red missiles could not fire at all and were now mm. a fixed and permanent part of the toy design. As a result of the boys' death, panic ensued not only from concerned parents, but within the toy industry as well. The judge, who was presiding over the lawsuit against Mattel for the death of the boy, singled out the Star Wars toy line as a culprit for the inspiration of such rocket-firing toys, which of course upset George Lucas very much, as there were no Star Wars toys that ever featured any firing projectiles of any kind. Well, except for the mail-away Boba Fett that was, at that very moment, in development, and already being advertised to kids. Kenner, out of fear of potential backlash and concern for public safety, canceled the rocket-firing Boba Fett, even though they had already advertised it, even though they had already taken mail orders from kids, and even though they had already gone so far as to produce about 100 prototypes of the rocket-firing Boba Fett. The Star Wars toy that we were promised never came, all thanks to the murder toy known as the rocket-firing Cylon Raider. And that, my friends, is this episode of Murder Toys. I feel like the legend of that was always that it was a Boba Fett toy that that caused the choking. I know. Right? Well, the funny thing is, so... Oddly, the Boba Fett was the... The Boba Fett was kind of the victim. The victim of it. Yeah. I mean, outside of the actual literal victim. So... (laughs) In reading about the Boba Fett that never actually hurt anybody, but, you know, was considered a potential murder toy. Sure. um, I actually found a couple things that... That was the story I had always heard, was that the Cylon Raider ship that caused the kid's death who choked on the missile was the reason that we never got the rocket-firing Boba Fett. However, I did find some articles that said Kenner was actually already considering getting rid of the rocket-firing Boba Fett prior to that kid choking to death. Hmm. And the reason being had to do with how the missile actually launched out of Boba Fett. Yeah, it was a spring-loaded. It was a spring-loaded missile. This gets very nerdy, and I'm sorry, but there are actually... Oh, this is where it gets nerdy. This is where it gets very nerdy. (laughs) Oh, interesting. There are are actually two types of rocket-firing Boba Fetts. Okay. There there was the L-type. So on the back, it just had like a little L-shaped hole that had a little button, and you just push the button over, and it would shoot the missile up. Yeah. So immediately, Ken was like, that could discharge very easily. You just yeah. have to bump it, right. and it and it discharges. So they created what was called the J-slot rocket-firing Boba Fett, where it was a J-slot. Yeah. So you had to pull the tab down, and then over, and then the rocket fire oh, would, it would yeah, fire. Yeah. The problem was the little tab that they had to go down and under and over was very small and they were afraid well that's just going to break off too right nobody knows for sure Hmm. the story has always been because of the cylon raider and the kid dying that's why they canceled it but some people are saying 
hey, we're already going to cancel it regardless. Right. Or, so. like, you get the first wave out, and then you're like, no more. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I had mentioned there were, a, it is theorized there was about 100 prototypes of the rocket-firing Boba Fett that were made. Ideally, they should have been destroyed, but at that time, Kenner uh, employees were just like, well, they're not going to do anything yeah. with these, and they just took them home. That's cool. And that's why you occasionally one will show up in the wild. Yeah. And I, I forget the numbers. There's, like... I could be wrong. I'm sure if somebody's listening, they'll probably be like, nah, that's actually wrong. Um, there's like 80 versions of the L shape mm. and like 20, 20 versions of the J slotted shape. Wow. So, huh. Interesting. And there was one rocket firing Boba Fett figure that was actually on a blister card. Oh. And he was displayed at the toy fair in 1978, yeah. I think. But it was a custom made blister pack. For that figure. Right. Cool. So. Does your... Don't you have the Black Series Boba Fett? I do have a Black Series Boba Fett. But do he, those have the, um, the missile? It has the missile, but it's it's detachable. It's, oh, it, does, okay. it doesn't rocket fire. Gotcha. Though. I actually... I can't remember if they ever made a rocket firing one. I'm sure for they real. did at some point. Somebody probably did, but... Yeah. That is... Uh, that is the Murder Toy huh. episode. Didn't talk a lot about Murder Toys, because there's a lot. Yeah. Like, there are... An, uh, just an example. Some toys that I was going to talk about, which we'll eventually get to. Weebles. Oh, they wobble. They wobble, but they don't fall down. But they murder. But <laughs> kids were putting them in their mouth. Yeah. Just like that uranium. Yeah. Another one, clackers. Do you remember clackers? Sounds like a sex act. It's not. Um, <laughs> okay. Cla- I, had, I had clackers as a toy, and I could see... Um, these didn't kill anybody, but they definitely broke noses and knocked your teeth out. Oh. So I'll just leave it at that. But okay. I, I had clackers as a kid. Huh. It's weird. They they redesigned it. You can get them today still, but they are they're not the murder toy that they used they to be. They aren't the clackers. I they're know. not the clackers that I, I thought. That that's made. what was hanging off that titty ship. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, some solid clacker. Actually, the the clackers are kind of like the weapon that you see used in movies, where people have like two stones tied by a string oh, and they yeah. spin them around and yeah. throw it at oh, a person's leg. This thing. Those were the cl- the ball. The Come, ball is that it? That's yep, the clacker. That's a clacker. Yeah, I, had, I had those. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of kids uh, broke their noses off those. Oh, and their teeth. I think you're not using it right. Yeah, I know. Well, that's <laughs> kids kind of are the stupid. Whole, yeah, They're really dumb. exactly. Profoundly. I mean, some of these murder toys were just poorly designed. Sure. And some were just kind of kids not doing. Well, you know, like we talk about the the rocket firing Cylon yeah. ship, right? Yeah. But again, that wasn't a new thing. There was always. Oh been, yeah. Yeah. Still is. And the rockets were really no difference in size than any of the small laser pistol accessories that come with any figure. Yeah. I mean, all it takes is a kid to swallow a little toy pistol from a, a figure and... Yeah. Do you yeah. ban those? That little, that little Han Solo pistol. Yeah, a little Han Solo blaster. Yeah. Yeah. That That'll was, kill you. So, it's kind of weird like, what actually gets a toy banned. Is it because of the kid dying or is it because of the actual bad design of the toy i don't right. know you know i don't know yeah i well i think that in the case of the gilbert u2 u2 238 lab yeah we know why that was taken right. out you, you can't give kids uranium yeah no that's that's definitely true in this economy in, <laughs> exactly <laughs> come on now do you have any other questions about rocket no. fire and boba fett no it's just fascinating well fascinating. you know it is i you know like i said i I felt that you needed to understand 
how why they were going to develop the rocket firing Boba Fett. Yeah. And then what led up to it not being developed, which was all, you know, Battlestar Galactica. Somehow Mormons were involved at some point. Yeah, actually, it's <laughs> weird. I never realized, but the story of uh, Battlestar Galactica, you got, what is it, like 13 tribes or seven tribes that are trapped mm. on an exodus? Yeah. It's basically the Mormon theology. Weird. Yeah. Huh. They're sneaking it in. Because the, the remake is like a, it's like a 9-11 allegory. Mm. It's like a war on terror thing. I watched a few episodes of the remake, but I never yeah. I never finished it. Huh. And that, yep, there you go. Murder Toys. Yeah. I hope you had fun. I did. Did you? I learned a lot. Did you? I did. Yeah. Well, you learned about the Austin Magic Pistol, which yeah, again... that's amazing. Kids, look up the videos of that. That is fun. Well, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. Nah, it's, yeah. A, it's a gun. You can blow your hand off. You can blow your hand off. Like, literally, the print ad is like, yeah. no, dude, you can blow your fucking hand also, off. Also, lawn darts, if you're... Awesome. The man, coolest. If you find one... Yeah. Oh, we've talked about it. I would rather have a lawn dart than a gun. Yeah. Because... Unless... Unless what? You could get... No, wait, that's just a crossbow. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I explain this. If I had lawn darts and somebody, like, instead of a gun, like... If I had to use it... I was going to say a gun yeah. that can shoot lawn darts, but no, that just that's, a crossbow. that's just a crossbow. But yeah. The idea... I, you throw a lawn dart up in the air, yeah. anybody under 30 is not going to know what I'm doing. They're going to be confused. No. And it's kind of like a grenade, because then a few seconds well, later... One hand lawn dart. comes down. Other hand snap pops. You throw the snap pops at the ground. Damn, look at you. the lawn dart up in the air. I thought about this. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I love it. Snap I try pops to keep snap pops darts. in most of my pockets. Yeah. Well, you should. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, let's go, yeah, anything you got coming up? No. Got a promo? promo? Nah. It's the Christmas season. There's the world. This is all trying to get through this holiday. Uh, don't plan on doing shows till, like, no March. No shows. Horror Hound, or what are you thinking about doing? I just, I got a list. I got to look into it all. Yeah. We'll do another episode next month, and then, uh, you know, you can promote stuff. Promote? Yes. Yep, that's the word. Promote <laughs> yeah. stuff if you yeah. got it. Yeah. I don't really have anything going on either, just fulfilling orders. Although, I did buy a new guitar. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I've heard it. Because it's another budget guitar, but it's a knockoff Telecaster. Technically, you can't call it a Telecaster because Fender will sue you. And yet, here we are. I know. <laughs> it's just, just throwing it it's around. It's just and called right. the T-Series. Oh. The Titty Series. No. <laughs> one version sounded like a Terminator. Yeah, and the other one sounded like a pervert. I'm really excited because <laughs> I, I hope that people listen to this. I hope if anything, they, they, they take away from this, you know. Titty ship. Titty ship. Because <laughs> yeah. really bad. It is a really good movie. Battle Beyond the Stars. Yeah, you know, it's weird. You spend all that time talking about murder toys. Murder and toys? All I got is titty, titty ship, ship out of it. It's fun. I'd buy that toy. I <laughs> wonder if they ever, if anybody ever made like a custom resin model kit. And James Cameron made the titty ship. That was news to me. Yeah. Thank you crazy. for that one. No problem. I do what I can. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to cut it here. And okay. uh, I want to wish everybody happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Merry Christmas. Life day. Life day. Thank yeah. you. Uh, you know, whatever you celebrate, if you celebrate anything great. If not, that's cool, too. If happy you Tuesday. Yeah, happy whatever. <laughs> no, this comes out on Tuesday. Oh, this comes out on Tuesday. I thought Christmas was Tuesday. <laughs> no, I think it's like, a Sunday. Oh, then happy Sunday, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sleep in or open gifts or whatever. Eat a pizza. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, okay. That's You're what gonna I want. You're going to treat yourself to a nice pizza this I'm gonna time? Treat, I'm going to say... Four aromas. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to save The box up. wine approach. It's going to take, it's gonna take quantity me... Quantity over quality. It's going to take me a month, but I'm going to save up to get myself a home run in pizza. One singular home run. One home run in pizza. I'm getting it. Do you want me to just buy you a pizza? Nah, it's all right, man. I can buy you a pizza. No, I'm good. I'm going to work for it. That way I feel like a solid American character in the words of Alfred Gilbert. 
I'm going to PayPal you $8 so you can get a home run pizza. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right. And that is Murder Toys, everybody. Thank you for listening to M3 with E5. I am Epion5, and this is Brian Aerosol Pro. Yeah, hit him with all the German stuff. And, all, and as always, yeah. tschüss, auf Wiedersehen und bis später. Yeah. Actually, there's four German in there. I don't know what you're saying. I've never looked there's it up. There's tschüss. Yeah. There's auf Wiedersehen. Yes. Und. That's, that's another and. German. Und bis später. And that's the other German. Yes. All right, get out of here. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. It's another good M3 with E5. I want to thank Mr. Epion5 for hosting again. Uh, Stick around for next month when he will be gracing us with another M3 E5. You can follow him on Instagram at epion5 You can follow the show at Electric Monster Pod. And you can follow myself at AerosolPro, A-E-R-O-S-O-U-L-P-R-O. Share the show, rate it on all the platforms and such, and thanks for listening. I gotta go return some videotapes. I can hear Tom snoring now. Oh, yeah, Tom's snoring over here. Hey, good boy. <laughs> hey, good boy.